Awesome, awesome, awesome. Wonderful truths. Go ahead and be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was great, wasn't it? All right, I want to introduce our speaker today. I thank God for him and that him and his wife came today to help us out during these very turbulent times. I got his bio, and I told him, I have your bio, and tells us what a great guy you are. He says, well, don't read it then. No, I'm going to read it. <laughs> Pastor Anthony Ramsey is the greatest preacher on the face of the earth. What? <laughs> wow. Pastor Anthony Ramsey is the founder and pastor of Kingdom Living Church in Grand Blanc, Michigan. Pastor Ramsey has dedicated his entire adult life in pursuit of the heart of God. An anointed teacher and preacher, Pastor Ramsey is transforming individuals and families through a clear and practical form of teaching that allows the hearers to apply the word of God to their everyday lives. His insightful teaching is replacing religious concepts with the truth of the kingdom. Pastor Ramsey was a faithful member of Straight Gate International Church in Detroit, Michigan for over 20 years. That's awesome, isn't it? Receiving the call to ministry from Bishop Andrew Merritt in 1996, Pastor Ramsey served Bishop Merritt loyally in a number of capacities, including, well, we, we edited this. Pastor Ramsey and his wife, Pastor Marvella, have three children. Uh, forgive me if I mispronounced these. Roston, Rhea, and Roman. Is that it? Roston, Rhea, and Roman. And live in Grand Blank. Well, it's our joy to welcome him. So let's give him a great cornerstone welcome. Can we do that, church? Coming up, Pastor Ramsey. Pastor Ramsey, God bless you. We love Amen. 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 You may be seated. You may be seated uh, on behalf of Pastor Marvella and myself, my lovely wife of 31 years. Praise God. That showed you what kind of faith she must walk in. 31 years. Praise God. Well, um, Pastor Tim, Sister Wanda, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here, but with the time constraints we have, let's jump right into the word. I don't know if you noticed this, but there's a lot of upheaval in our nation. I I don't know, unless a person's been living under a rock, they're along racial lines, political lines, socioeconomic lines. I may be missing some lines, but there is division everywhere. And ladies and gentlemen, My assignment is very forthright. My assignment is to lead us to Jesus. Paul talks about this. There's only one gospel that we're permitted to to minister. And that is the gospel that Paul preached. Ladies and gentlemen, in spite of all the upheaval that's happening, I want to remind everyone, if you're a born-again believer, you are living at the end of human history. This is, these are not only the end times, these are the end of the end times. And so God has, Jesus foretold us of these things, not for us to be fearful, but for us to understand where we are in God's calendar so that we can be a part of God's agenda. So in spite of all the things that are happening, we have a responsibility as born-again, spirit-filled believers to keep our eyes on God. Because, ladies and gentlemen, what God is doing, the devil cannot stop. God is called. He's ordained it. He's sovereign. The scripture says that he's our judge and our lawgiver. He determines who wins and who loses. So this, this gospel that we're going to talk about today supersedes racial differences. I don't know if you noticed it. I'm black. It, listen, the expression of worship may be different. The songs we sing may be different. 
But we've been called into one blood. And so when you understand God's agenda, it'll help a believer identify an alternative satanic agenda. Ladies and gentlemen, turn your Bibles to the book of Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2. Let's very quickly engage the scriptures regarding God's agenda. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 2. I'm going to move quickly. And please forgive me, the audio person, because I got some additional verses that we may go into. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. And it shall come to pass in the last days. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't stop it. You can't stop it. I can't pray it away. You can't fast it away. God has ordained for these things to happen. That the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. All nations. Somebody say all nations. Black men, white men, red men, yellow men, and all the color spectrum of the family of God. Ladies and gentlemen, God has ordained for this time for there to be a great revival in the earth. And it's going to be comprised of people that don't look like you. And don't look like me. And don't look like another person. This is why it's so important to be mindful of God's agenda so that when something in our minds, something that's being projected to us through television and social media, we can recognize a counterfeit agenda when we see one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, turn your Bible to the book of uh, Micah, Micah, a minor prophet in scripture. Micah chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Listen to this. But in the last days, let every word be established by two or three witnesses. Once again, God's agenda. But in the last days, it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains and it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow into it. Ladies and gentlemen, the church is ascending. In spite of what you're seeing on television, the church is growing and multiplying and increasing. There are more people getting saved now than any time in church history. But if you're watching this broadcast, see, I don't care if you're black or white or you're CNN or MSNBC or Fox News. It's irrelevant to me. I could care less. What I do care about is this gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. Here's the key to everyone, to everyone. Notice there is no differentiation to everyone that believes. How many people here believe? Okay, if you believe you are part of God's agenda, you matter. Your physical birth and subsequent rebirth is confirmation you are a part of God's plan. Everybody's on the front line. No one is in reserve. There's no relief pitcher coming in. Everyone's on the front line of this. And so we got to be mindful because when you got born again, everything about you changed in an instant and you became literally the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So the world is looking for answers, ladies and gentlemen. The world is looking for answers and the only answer is contained in the most durable institution on the planet called the church. And the church is diverse and what we found out Post-COVID, durable, flexible. We adapt. You remember when they stoned Stephen? You remember what happened? They scattered all the disciples and the apostles. And the Bible says the church grew like wildfire. It's an adversity where you realize really what the content of your heart is, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to this. There is this, this, this misconception that God runs the world. That is not true. It's not biblical. It's not scriptural. God doesn't run the world. God runs the church that's in the world. So if the church loses, loses its saltiness, its light, 
Ladies and gentlemen, the world has no chance. If the church loses its focus in the midst of all the things that are happening, the world doesn't stand a chance because the holder of truth, all truth in the universe is contained in one book. It's this book. Anything outside this book is a lie. This is it. This is all you get. You got born again, this is all you get. You get this book. Jesus reveals himself as literally the Bible on printed page. The Bible is just about a man named Jesus on printed page. And ladies and gentlemen, if salt loses its saltiness, it has no value. And so here's the question I want to ask everyone. Since now you know that God's agenda is for the church to ascend in the last days, meaning God has his people positioned in every area of industry, in Hollywood and in, in, in manufacturing and in tech, every industry, God has righteous people positioned to rise to the top, to yield influence so that this end time revival would take place. And there'd be more people getting saved and filled with the Spirit of God than any time in church history someone say amen. Now, it's okay if you say amen. It's okay. Is it okay if they say amen? Okay, you said you can say amen. Praise God. Listen to this. So here is, here's my question. You ready? What is Satan's reaction to this agenda he can't stop? I think I have the answer. It's called distraction. Every time you open up your phone, you are now the recipient of more information than any human being has ever had in human history. At the push of a button, you can find out about someone you've never met in some other country, what they actually think. So here's what the enemy's strategy is. He can't stop it. He couldn't stop you from getting saved. He couldn't stop you from joining this great ministry. However... He's after one thing, ladies and gentlemen. It's the anointing. And the anointing of God is the yoke-destroying, burden-removing power that differentiates us from an average man. Remember the three Hebrews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Remember? The Bible says they were ten times better than all their contemporaries. So you're supposed to stand out. And the church, come on, can you help me do this real quick? The church is ascending I want you to get a fit. It's ascending. The church isn't struggling. The church isn't hiding in some corner. We are the baddest boys on the block. Now, what makes you so dangerous to the enemy in the kingdom of darkness that he represents is the anointing. So the enemy, he can't stop the anointing, but if he can dull it by getting God's people distracted and looking at issues along racial lines and social... Listen, I don't care if you're red or blue. I, I, I really... I could care less. I don't care who you vote. I I don't care. I don't care what color your skin is because if I did, I'd be unqualified to stand before you. Okay. That was a good place to say amen. Um, Well, let's, let's go a little deeper. So now you know what Satan's agenda is, is to distract you. So every time you turn on your television, every time you read a news feed, his agenda using people that sit around conference tables that don't serve your God, trying to tell you what is right and what is wrong, when in reality, God foretold of this time that in this time, men would call right wrong and wrong right. So you got to be careful. 
You, you got to be careful of your intake. When you got born again, your spirit, let me help you. When you got born again, you became as righteous as Jesus himself. You do know that, right? That's why there's no blaming in our kingdom. That's why there's no condemnation in our kingdom. Because everything that God is came to dwell. He determined that buildings made by the hands of men was not sufficient to contain his presence. So he determined to come on the inside of a person the moment they got born again. And when he did it, Christ became in you, came in you literally. And now you are the perfection of everything God is. Men may never see God, but when they see you, it's their only opportunity to come in contact with the creator of all heaven and earth. Does that make sense? Now, my spirit man, the, the real me who's been reborn, is perfectly righteous. Hence, if that were not so, if you're struggling with the concept that you are as righteous as Jesus, question, if you were not as righteous as him, what would give you the right to be seated in Christ in heavenly places? There's no sin in God's presence. So you have dual citizenship. You're here on earth, but you are seated in Christ. Secondarily, you could never fit his armor. It fits you perfectly. Why? Because Christ has been perfectly formed in you. Now, the issue is the demand to renew your mind. And this is where the enemy has his impetus to yield influence, even though he's been thoroughly thrashed and defeated. He does have the power of suggestion. So he needs to get a believer off track looking at things that are outside of everything between Genesis and Revelations. But that'll never be your testimony. Okay, let's look at it differently. I want you to turn your Bible very quickly to Luke chapter 19, verse 44. It's not in my notes, but the Spirit of God shared this with me. Please, Pastor Tim, keep me, keep me on track on time, please. He told me there's a, there's a trap door here if you go over your time. And here's the thing. The shoot, the shoot leads you right into the parking lot. Can I get an amen? Listen, this lady, here is Jesus. He's about to suffer the shame and penalty of the cross for my sins and your sins. Notice this, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says in this text, we don't have time to go through it, that Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. Now, why did he weep? Because the Bible says in, chapter, in verse 44, And shall lay thee upon the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because, this is the part I want to focus on, because, 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 they knew not the time of their visitation. And what the enemy wants to do is to get people so distracted they miss their time of visitation. The creator of heaven and earth was in their midst. They didn't recognize him. Now the enemy, to get you distracted so you won't recognize, this is the greatest time to be alive and be born again. Because right now, what's happening before our very eyes in the midst of COVID and this and that, God is moving, and he's moving on black men, white men, red men, yellow men, green, no green men, any other color in the spectrum. God is moving, and ladies and gentlemen, if we're going to be a part of his agenda, we can't reject a man because he looks different. We can't reject a person because the expression of worship for Jesus is different. We can't can't reject someone because they live on a different part of town than we live in. These are all distractions. The devil couldn't stop you from getting saved. He couldn't stop you from joining this great 
great ministry. But if it can get a believer distracted, that anointing that destroys every remnant of the kingdom of darkness can be blunted, can be muted. And yeah, you end up in heaven, but people are going to find out that everything in the earth is a reflection of a spiritual reality. Their only reason why the chairs in the earth is because there's chairs in heaven. You have two eyes in your natural body because you have two eyes in your spirit. Everything that's natural has a spiritual connection. There are levels in the earth. There are levels of position in the earth. That means there's levels and positions in heaven on the other side of glory. And I think some people are going to get into heaven and be disappointed See, there's a value in serving God all your life versus those that get saved at the last minute because there's ranks and declensions in heaven. Here's the bad news for those who are living beneath their privilege. It goes on for eternity. So we need to be about our father's business and start turning off some things because here, let me, let me help you, let me help. Because right now, a lot of people are being indoctrinated I used to, listen, I grew up in an age when you could turn on, I'm, I'm, I'm over 50, like Walter Cronkite, Cronkite, and there were people that when you turned on the news, you, there was some confidence, right? Trust, how much confidence do you really have now? People aren't telling you the news, they're shaping the narrative. So ladies and gentlemen, with this technology, we have a responsibility of being able to decipher what is a lie and what is truth. And the only way you can know the difference is becoming acquainted more and more and more and more and more and more with this book. This book in him, we live, move, and have our being. Listen to this. I got to move quickly. I want you to turn your Bible very quickly to Proverbs 1434. Do we have this in the ISV version, please? It wasn't in my notes. Proverbs 14, 30, 34. If you have in the ISV, that would be great. But you know the verse. It's a very popular scripture. ISV. International Standard Version. Let's, let's, ladies and gentlemen, can we read this verse together, please? Ready, read. Stop. So how do we make a nation great? There is no other way to make America great than through God's righteousness. Not a political agenda. I'm not picking on anybody. I could care less. I'm here to tell you the truth. Righteousness is what exalts a nation and a family and a man and a young person. Now, I, I define righteousness as God's way of being right. We don't get to pick. Have you noticed in the Bible, God doesn't ask you your opinion for anything? Everything is according to his agenda. And God holds us accountable for being. That's why he gives you pastors after his own heart who labor in the word and in prayer to hear God's voice. Let me just stop for a moment. Pastor Tim, who we're getting to know each other, was not called to make converts. It's not scriptural. He's called to make disciples. Not for himself, for Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, the scripture gives the mechanism by which men can tell if you're a disciple of Christ or not. The scripture says, I don't turn, I think it's John chapter 13, that you love one another. 
So the only way the world can know that you are truly a disciple of Christ is that they see a demonstration of God's love through fellow believers. So what does the enemy do to counteract this agenda? He brings division amongst the church. In the midst of God's people, there was division along red and blue lines, racial lines, wear a mask, don't wear a mask line. This is insane. Now listen, I don't preach a social gospel. When I'm preaching to you, I preach a kingdom living church. My vote is my voice. After that, I pray. I don't care who's in the office because I win no matter what. Okay, I must be in the wrong place. Doesn't matter who's in the office. See, your reaction tells me you're threatened by who could be in the office. That is demonic. The Bible says, remember now, God is our judge and our lawgiver. He determines, win- he determines winners and losers. So if God has made a, ju- a judgment or a decision, what is your responsibility? Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for our nation, for the leaders of our nation. Thank you for Congress. Thank you, God, for all those that have the rule over us, Father, that we might live a quiet See, this isn't, this isn't for God's advantage. This is for our advantage. Remember now, ladies and gentlemen, the scripture says, curse not the king. So I don't have the right by covenant to speak ill against anybody in office. That is called sin. You... That's called sin. So when people sit around the kitchen table and turn on the television and talk about and put curse, the Bible says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth because you're going to give an account for every idle word. I don't agree with everything the president does, but that's God's choice. My job is to pray for him because if I don't pray, he doesn't have a chance. So criticism is not prayer. Criticism says your relationship with God is not what it should be in that area. Okay. I'm I'm trying to help you. That's why I don't care. My vote is my voice. I win no matter what. I have the privilege. Okay, let me tell you where I live. I live in a place called Goshen. Anybody know where that is? Anybody know where Goshen is? It's not in Michigan. It's in Exodus. Now, why is that relevant? Because when the coronavirus came out, we began to preach and fortify the faith of the people. You don't live on 127 Washington Street. You live in a place called Goshen. Because the Bible says, now see, everything in the Old Testament is for our learning. The the Old Testament is a schoolmaster for the New Testament. The Bible says that when the plagues came through Egypt, Egypt represents the world in Scripture. God had the best, this is important, the best land in Egypt was reserved for Jacob and his descendants. It was called Goshen. And when the plagues burned through Egypt and destroyed their economy and wiped out all their posterity and took all their wealth, there was one plot of land that was exempt. See, ladies and gentlemen, you can't stop what God has ordained, but by faith you can position you and your family for an exemption of what's coming in the earth because you can't pray this away, you can't fast it away. Check the Bible, Matthew 24, Jesus talked about pandemics coming. But you're exempt. 
I'm exempt. If it ever touched me, die. But for some, listen, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just trying to help you understand that, okay, as pastors, let's act like nobody's in the room. The greatest issue is most people that come to our ministries have low spiritual self-esteem. They just don't know who they are. They're wonderful people. They just don't know who they are in Christ. I am exempt. If you want to be safe, hang with me. Nothing's going to happen to me or my wife or my children. We're not going to die ahead of schedule. I read in covenant, part of my covenantal promise in Christ is long life. I won't leave here until I fulfill all my assignment. Not a day earlier. Cancer can't kill me. Don't be offended. It can't kill me. I mean, I, if the plane goes down, I'm the only one standing. It's impossible. Okay, question. Are you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? If you are, raise your hand. Question, could anybody kill Jesus? The Bible says no one can take his life. He had to help him out. He laid his life down because no one could take it. When they, when they had designed a trap for him, the Bible says he walked right through the midst of them. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we walk in that same anointing. But if you get distracted... Everything that Jesus rose from the dead for you to be a recipient of, you can't experience it because it comes through the anointing. God's anointing is his ability and his capability on human flesh. That's why we decree a thing and it's established just like God. Does this make sense, ladies and gentlemen? Am I in the right place? You're getting awful quiet. Not that kingdom living is a loud church. No, they listen just like you are. But I want you to get excited because here, here's what I'm telling you. I've got a few more minutes left. The context of what I'm preaching is from this day forward, your life will never be the same. Even as I've been teaching, miracles have been taking place. There are people in this room that are receiving healing right now. Healing is not a feeling. It's just a receiving. We tell people all the time, everything in the Old Testament back, men did for God. But everything from the New Testament forward, we receive from God. So all a man's got to do in this new covenant, that's why it's comprised of better promises. It's a better covenant. It's just received from God. If you need healing today, raise your hand. Hold on, I'm talking about headaches, toothaches, cancer, AIDS, doesn't matter. Have you noticed Jesus never said, how bad is it to anybody? He just says, I'll come and heal them. He didn't care. The anointing has no regard for it. So I can make that statement in confidence because I got no hang-ups. I have no hang-ups. No, listen, you're missing it. They're missing it. I got no hang-ups. Listen, our daughter got married last year, and... Uh, and my daughter, our daughter never brought any guy home. But when this gentleman walked in our house, my wife and I, after he left, looked at each other and said, he's the one. We knew the spirit of God triggered in our hearts. That's the one. They got married in October. Ladies and gentlemen, our son in love is from Escanaba. Do I need to say any more? Okay, see, this is a, the group is slow this morning. The group is slow this morning. The group, we need more praise and worship. He's from Escanaba. Okay, let me help you. Some of the guys didn't know what I'm talking about, right? So when he came to ask me for my daughter's hand in marriage, and I said to him, he's born again. I said, are you baptizing the Holy Spirit? He said, no. I said, you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit right now. You want to receive the Holy Spirit right now? He said, absolutely, sir. Absolutely. I laid hands on him. He got filled with the Holy Ghost right in our kitchen. 
The power of God hit him so hard he fell down. He's a big guy. I had to catch him to hold him up. He's, for the next 20 minutes, he's just speaking in tongues, pouring out to God. He's the most amazing young man, most amazing. We've, we've, we've never had a discussion about race. We've never sat down and said, you know, things are good. We never. It's no need to because our citizenship as believers supersedes the color of the house we live in. See, a lot of people are church, they're they're membership minded, not citizenship minded. We are citizens of a kingdom. It's the most powerful kingdom in the universe, ladies and gentlemen. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Listen, just a few more things. A few more things. Let's do this real quick. I want you to turn your Bible very quickly to 2 Corinthians 4 and 1. God, I was working out there. I'm trying to get back in shape. I got to admit, don't tell anybody. I got a key fob to the gym. They shouldn't have given me a key fob parking in the McDonald's parking lot. You do what you got to do, man. His grace is sufficient for me. Praise God, I'm breaking all the rules. Second Corinthians 4 and 1, ladies and gentlemen, therefore sing, we have this ministry. Okay, look at me, please. Everyone under the sound of my voice, if you're born again, you are a minister of reconciliation. No one is exempt from ministry. Now, this is very important. Pay close attention. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy. So the degree of your ministry has been proportioned the necessary mercy. That mercy is necessary because when you mess up, when you miscalculate or you miss God, God undergirds the ministry that he blessed you with before the foundation of the world with a sufficiency of grace and mercy to keep you. Because there will always be days when we miss it and we bump our heads and we say things we regret. But you know everyone is on the front line in this war that's being raged on earth and in the heavenlies. But you've been undergirded in God's mercy so that the next clause... Because of the next clause, no man has an excuse. Listen to this. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. Protest and no protest. Come hell or high water, there's no provision of surrender in your covenant. There's no white flag provision that you get. In him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. See, make up your mind today. Because the world is getting darker and darker and darker. You know where light has its optimum impact? So to make your ascension more evident, he, man, you missed the revelation in that. To make the ascension of the light of God more evident, he's making the world darker so you stand out more. So any thought about you surrendering and going back is satanic. That's why the Bible says, casting down every imagination that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. There's no surrender. There's no quit. You can't say, I'm done. How much time I got left? How much time I got? Six minutes? I got, there you go. I was looking for you. Okay, listen to this. I, I, I felt the, the trap door setting. I felt something under my feet. I'm like, Oh my God, where's the door? Okay, listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. Verse 2, this is the key to today. Let's read verse 2 together, please. Ready, read. 
Oh, stop, stop. But we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Okay, we all agree, every person who's born again is the recipient of a ministry. Here is a requirement of ministry. There has to be a public and private denunciation of every other potential agenda. So he's renouncing every agenda. At Kingdom Living Church, we've been pastoring 13 years. No one knows my past. I never talk about my past because my past doesn't exist. In order to help them understand, I'm not bringing, there's no cloud over me, no negative cloud, because my past, I'm like, Paul, I've harmed no man. Paul consented to the death of men, women, and children who followed Christ, and he has the audacity to say, I've harmed no man. You know what happens? He's saying, I count my past as dung. Where I come from, southwest Detroit, it's called doo-doo. He counted his past as doo-doo. Is that okay to say? You can edit it out, right? Okay. My past doesn't exist. I'm a born-again one. If you're born again, you do understand you are a new species of man. For you to say I'm merely human is satanic. Now, I use that word because I want to make sure you understand the, the Bible says our words, like Jesus, are spirit and life. I never say I'm just human. You'll never hear me say, I'm just human. No, I'm not. I'm supernatural. How can I be just human? And everything that God is lives and abides on the inside of me. I'd be calling God a liar. You say, well, pastor, is that that important? Yes, it is, because as a man thinks in his heart. So I don't allow words. And if I got words in me, I got things in me God didn't plant, my prayer daily is, God, pull everything out of me you didn't plant so that the fruit that my life bears reflects Christ. Okay, praise God. Let's keep moving because I want to get to this point and we're going to close. But having renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, not hailing the word of God deceitfully, here's the key, here's the key, here's the key, but by manifestation of the truth. There has to be proofs. If your faith doesn't have proofs, it's fake. You should be able to have a spiritual trophy case. My faith did that. God did that through my life. I prayed and God saved that marriage. I'm debt free. God paid off that car. God healed my uncle. I prayed and listen, we are the carriers of the reality of heaven on earth. If men want to know what heaven is like, all they got to do is look at you. So when believers see something in another believer or another human other than the potential that God has put in them, you're walking on very thin ice. And the world is working overtime to distract you, to take on an agenda that's red or blue or do you wear a mask or don't you wear a mask or if he's brown, black or yellow or anything else. It is all coming out of the kingdom of darkness. Listen to this. But by manifestation of the truth. So ladies and gentlemen, let's do this very quickly. I didn't get a chance to cover it, but let me speak to it very quickly. 
I am a manifester, you are a manifester, a manifester. To manifest means to make something real and tangible. I should pray for you and you get results. I don't need to come to the church, come to the hospital. I can speak a word right in my library at home and your aunt get healed. This is the kind of power that we are supposed to yield. And this is what the enemy is, the devil has no concern about people going to church, but he's terrified. You got the power of God in your life and you're praying for your pastors and you're seeing them being promoted and new effectual doors being opened for ministry, going into the trailer home to minister the gospel. And there's no greater miracle than a human being become reborn. So the days of fake faith, faith that has no proofs, they're over. No, I'm speaking over your life. They're over. It ends today. And you're going to start recognizing what distractions look like real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not ashamed of this gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power platform for manifestation. The gospel, not religion. Religion makes you perform. The gospel causes you to receive. God bless you. Right where you are today, I want you to stand on your feet. I want you to lift your hands to God, and I want you to begin to bless him for what you've heard today. Because the Bible says whenever a person hears the word and understands it not, immediately the enemy comes to steal what's been ministered. Today, what you're receiving will change this ministry forever. What you're hearing today, a seed has been planted. You're never going back. Every urge to define a man or a woman because they look different or sound different, those days are over. Receive right now. Just bless him because the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. So we bless you right now. We thank you, Father. Lord, if I have sinned, your people have sinned in any way, forgive us. Wash us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Father, wash us whiter than snow. Father, pull out everything in us you didn't plant. Pull every weed out of our thinking and our consciousness. Father, we repent. Forgive me, Father, for every unproductive word I've ever spoken. Father, I thank you right now. I receive of you utter forgiveness. And your people, Cornerstone Kingdom Living Church, we receive. Thank you, Father, for doing for us what we could never do for ourselves. The blood of Jesus is still cleansing. It's still working. And where the blood of Abel demanded vengeance, the blood of Jesus cries mercy. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for mercy. Come on, put your hands together. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God. Come on, thank God for his mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless you, Jesus. Ye karishe itabarasha, horeshe Yes, God. Yes, God. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, put your eyes on me. Here, here's the the qualifier. If you have any abnormality in your body, any diagnosis, any any ailment that medical science has declared over your life, you got anything that's not right? Heart problems, blood problems, social. Mental problems, raise your hand right now. Toothache problems, knee problems, elbow problems. There's going to be a wave of healing that's going to overshadow this room. It's not me. 
I'm just a conduit. I'm here to decree over your life. Now, right now, your only responsibility is to believe you receive. He took all your infirmities. He, he took them. He took heart problems. He took kidney problems, liver problems, organ problems, blood problems, teeth problems. So right now, in Jesus' name, I unleash a tidal wave of physical and emotional transformation over everyone under the sound of my voice, from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I curse at the roots every physical ailment, every disease, every abnormality in Jesus' name. No, in Jesus' name, be made whole in your body. Be made whole in your mind. I condemn and curse every medical problem. Today it ends now. Every pain, go away. Come on, whatever was bothering you, move it. If it was a knee, move it. Pain gone. Symptoms are eradicated. In the name of Jesus. No, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. My wife, can you hold the music one second, please? My wife, 14 years ago, was diagnosed with MS. We went to the doctors. Uh, we went to Beaumont, head of uh, oncology. Forget. MS, advanced. She had eight lesions on her brain. And the doctor, head of the department, said, Mr. and Mrs. Ramsey, I'm sorry. Um, but here are the MRI results. She has eight lesions alone on her brain, and we see it spreading down her spinal cord. Now, he got it out, and I said, we appreciate you, doctor. You're a wonderful man. I know you're doing the best. You, this is what we told him. I said, but we're faith people, and we believe that some 2,000 years ago, Jesus had a stripe in his body for MS. And I said, now here's what we did. I grabbed his hand, caught him off guard, and I, my wife grabbed my hand, and I began to pray. And he was like, what in the world? And I said, and so here's the, here's the issue. This is what the spirit of faith is. See, if I ever get a chance to come back, I'm going to teach you what the spirit of faith is. The spirit of faith, you can't practice it. You can't read a scripture and quote it. The spirit of faith is the Father speaking through you. That's why Jesus says, it's not me that doeth the work. It's my Father in me. He doeth the work. And when the spirit of faith is in operation, you can't, you like, did that just come out of me? So moral of the story is, 13 years ago, he said she would be in a wheelchair. Look at my wife. Look at my wife. Does she look like somebody that's been complete? See, this is my point, ladies and gentlemen. Thank God for natural science. But our God, Jesus took care of all that. That's why there's no divorce. Can't happen. Jesus took care of that. All these things, Jesus did all of it for us. So I thank God my wife is whole from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. In the same anointing that purged her body. The doctors can't explain it. They say, well, she must be that rare 10% of people who don't have the symptoms. Because they're looking factual and we're dealing with truth. It's a big difference. So the truth is today you got healed. Put your hands together and thank God for healing your body. Lord. Amen. Come on up. Come on up, Marvella. Thank you, Lord. We're going to close uh, in prayer. And uh, it will be a prayer for God's 
help, God's forgiveness, God's grace, God's love. And so we're going to close the four of us. And uh, Rhonda, why don't you pray first? Then you can uh, give the microphone to Marvella. She can pray. And then Pastor Anthony, after your wife uh, prays, you can pray. And then I'll close in prayer. And you just join us as we just, uh, it's a racial unity type of service. And so we're just going to pray to that end, all right? Go ahead. Father, even as the word says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard. And I thank you that our standard, our banner is the name of Jesus. And God, the enemy has tried to attack our nation in so many ways, Father. Even now we pray, oh God, that the banner of the name of Jesus will intercept... Oh, that the power of the presence of God will intercept our nation and into individual lives, marriages, our communities, our churches. We ask, oh God, that the church will arise because of the power of the blood of Jesus. I ask, oh God, that the power of the blood of Jesus will magnify the promise that we have been accepted into the beloved, that we're no longer strangers and foreigners, but we are citizens of the household of God. So today, Father, my prayer is for the church, that the church will shine bright on the hill because of the banner of Jesus that is over us, and that there will be only one name, one message, one passion, one voice, and it will be Jesus. Jesus. And I ask, oh God, that you will open heaven over our brother's church and over this church, over our communities in the name of Jesus. Let the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus bring healing, salvation, anointing. May the kingdom of God advance and may we take it by force in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, I thank you that this is the day that you have made. And Father, we rejoice and we are glad in it. Father, I thank you for the word, for you send your word and deliver us out of all our destruction. Your word says, who shall ascend unto the hills of the Lord, but he that has clean hands and a pure heart. Thank you, Father, that the meditation of our heart, hallelujah, and the words of our mouth will be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, our Redeemer. Father, I thank Thank you, hallelujah, for my brothers and sisters. I thank you, oh God, that you have knitted us together for such a time as this. Hallelujah, I thank you, oh God, that you are making us a light, oh hallelujah, in the midst of darkness. And I thank you, Father, because of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah, we are cleansed, we are purified, hallelujah, and we've been justified for such a time as this. Now, Father, pour out your spirit upon us. Pour out your spirit upon us. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus, that your glory shall shine. Hallelujah. In the midst of darkness. I thank you, O God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Now, Father God, in the name of your son, Jesus, we thank you. Lord God, we release our faith that you would usher in a tidal wave of righteousness into the corridors of Congress and Senate, oh God, at the federal level, the state level, and the local level, Father. Lord, we ask that you would ascend righteous men and women into positions that would fulfill your agenda in this end time hour. And Father, we thank you that churches are coming out of the shadows, oh God, and we're standing up and being the light in this earth. Lord Jesus, you said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of this world. But now you have ascended at the right hand of God the Father, and now we are the light 
light of the world. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus for the peace of the nation of, of Jerusalem, Israel, God. Peace in Jerusalem, peace in America, God. Father, we ask right now that you would bring reconciliation anointing that would cause men and women from different races and groups to come together. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would forgive our nation of its sins. For you said, if my people that are called by my My name name would humble humble themselves and pray and turn from from their their wicked ways, then, then, oh God, you would hear from heaven and heal our land. Lord, we ask that you would heal our nation. But it starts with healing the hearts of your people in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Yes, Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. Shine, Jesus, shine. Shine, Jesus, shine. Let the light of the gospel be seen in us. Let the light of the glory of God be seen in us. Lord, make us the light of the world and the salt of this earth. May we make a real difference here at Cornerstone Church, at Kingdom Living Church. May we be examples living testimonies. Lord, may we have this ministry of reconciliation, break down the walls, break down the sin attitudes. Lord, may the love of God be here. May the love of God be shed abroad. May all men see Jesus. Lord, use our controversies, use our strife, use the division, use the anger, use the the hatred, all to turn as an opportunity for the gospel to be preached, for people to say, enough, I need something different. May they turn to Jesus Christ, send revival, send healing in this land. We ask for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Let's give God praise.